0: What do you do when in-person events are canceled just as you start the holiday season and you have 5 million square feet of retail space? Welcome to Tell Me Something Good About Retail, the podcast of The Retail Doctor, and I'm your host, Bob Fibbs. In today's episode, I'm talking to Jill Renslow, SVP of Business Development and Marketing at the Mall of America, We're talking about physical retail and how their property has been adapting and innovating for 29 years. Let's get to it. So, Jill, tell me how you started at the Mall of America. I doubt it was to be the uh, SVP. How did it start out?
1: (laughs) I actually started the mall as an intern in our events department. I was a marketing major in communications um, and really had my sights set on being an event coordinator, thought about going down to Disney. But my family was in Minnesota, and so I thought, what, not better? But Mall of America, it's the closest we have to Disney here in the Midwest, and started back in 97, and have not left. I've enjoyed my journey throughout the company, and now have the opportunity to lead as the Executive Vice President of Business Development and Marketing, and I absolutely love it.
0: Back then, the Mall of America was the place. I mean, I I grew up at the South Coast Plaza in Costa Mesa and it was, you know, the bomb then. It was like, oh, we're awesome and we're all of this they kept adding on and and then the, the Mall of America shows up and suddenly people are taking flights to stay there, staying at hotels and all of that. Um you must have been right there at the beginning then. Yes
1: right after we turned five years old. And yes, I mean, it was great as we, you know, we had something new. It was not just a shopping center, even though mall is in our name. We had this entertainment destination. I mean, this massive building, 5 million, at that time it was 3.2 million square feet. We're five and a half now as we've grown over the years, but we have a theme park right in the middle of our property, a seven acre theme park. And people just couldn't understand, like, how can you have roller coasters going, you know, while people are shopping and dining and, Just this convergence of retail and entertainment was just new and exciting. And we did. We had people coming from around the world. They would actually have travel packages to come and shop and stay. And what's really cool is Minnesota doesn't have sales tax on clothing and shoes. And so it was a huge driver for tourists to be able to come and have that extra bonus being able to not have the sales tax on clothing and shoes. And so What's great, though, is I hope we're still the bomb. We still want to hope that we're exciting people and that we're bringing people from around the world because people love and they know that we're constantly keeping fresh. We're bringing new things to the table. We're expanding. We have new tenants. And that's what our job is, is to keep it fresh and exciting so people want to come back and visit.
0: Well, you are certainly the Station. Last time I was there, probably a couple years ago when I was up on the, I don't know, third level. But you had this kind of a locals kind of a marketplace, I guess, where like little vendors, is that still part of the mall? Has that always been there? Was that something new that was added or...
1: Small businesses have always been the heart of the mall. Our ownership, they're entrepreneurs, they came to America as rug um, vendors. And so it's in their heart to help support small retail. And so it's always been part of it. The concept that you're talking about is no longer here, but we have a new component called Community Commons, which actually is a collection of retailers from across the local marketplace. And they were specifically impacted by the unrest in the community last year. We're giving them a free rent to give them another chance to get going and to really thrive Um, In the challenging environment that it's been for retail, not just COVID and unrest, but just really being a small business owner. And so we've always had that part of our leasing strategy of having flexibility for small businesses to be able to have exposure at Mall of America to thrive and also build and learn from the larger brands. Um, And that mix has really been uh, the secret to our success and making it exciting for people to shop here.
0: Well, you know, I think that's what I've been saying. By the way, if you didn't know, I'm passionate about brick and mortar retail. So I am the guy that says that it's here to stay and we're coming back stronger than ever. So um, we are aligned in that. And, you know, one of my SalesRx clients is Patrick from Mona Williams. I love uh, Patrick.
1: The the laundry
0: guy. Who knew laundry camp was a thing (laughs) to do at the Mall of America how did he start because it's you know he i think he originally said he was vintage clothing and it it wasn't even part of who he was he started doing laundry because of what he carried right
1: yes and people like patrick that that makes it magical here he has amazing passion and drive and really open to being creative and he recognizes the visibility at the mall we have over 40 million visitors a year so to be able to be able to have that exposure be able to bring retail forward but also he found this niche with having a service and bringing value with knowledge that he could bring that no one else did he differentiated himself and he has a great following because of it and that's what's great we love to encourage our retailers and our, our shop owners to really think differently and also the, the collaboration that some of them have had and the packaging opportunities that they do, whether it's retail and dining or retail and attractions. We try to make those connections and get those launched so that we can create those unique experiences here. And that's that's what we love. We love those stories and our team loves to help tell those stories so that more and more people hear about the creative opportunities that are here at Mall of America.
0: Well I think that's the thing, you know, so many retailers I think got into the bland and boring and beige. It's like, "Oh, we'll sell the wing to those guys. They'll have their eight stores. <laughs> that way if someone can't work in one of them, they'll just be able to go around the back and they'll be able to work it." And oh, lo and behold, those are the ones who are leaving malls and saying, "Oh, we never liked malls. Malls are good." <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, so you're really in bad trouble that's why you're where you're doing this." But that whole Discovery is what so many people miss about a mall, you know, uh, and the the example I always use, Jill, is, you know, if I was um, shopping for baby strollers, let's say, and I'm online and I'm going through and I'm going through what, like page 853 and there is a green wool jacket like, what the hell is that, right? But if I'm in a store and I'm going for baby carriers and then I see this jacket, oh, yeah, I I might like that. And we forget that that is the power. Well, I don't forget. I'm, I guess digital natives don't know that or don't want to experience that. But it's that whole discovery that you don't know when you're going to come in the Mall of America. Yeah, you're going for the Lego store and it's amazing. You're going for the roller coaster. But out of nowhere is, I, I think you have Hammer Maid, don't you? You have Hammer Maid, uh, shirts?
1: Yes, love Hammer
0: And he's a local too.
1: Yes, he is. And they do really, really well. And I think you make a really good point. Discovery is really important. And we are always encouraging the brands to be true to their brand. And it's not when they're looking at expanding and trying to be more experiential and really, you know, having those unique touch points. A lot of them will just gravitate towards, oh, we're just going to add a coffee shop. Well, that's going to increase our dwell time. And, you know, just because so and so is doing it, we're going to do it as well. And it's like, no, look at how can you be unique and how can you increase dwell time? in a way that no one else is doing it and what's true to the the essence of your brand. And it's also, you know, those brands that are finding that true intersection between the digital and physical space are really doing a fantastic job because there are elements you can have on the digital channels and make it convenient for shoppers to start their journey. But, you know, execute really well in the physical space and don't duplicate what you have online, make it different, but make sure you can connect your customers in a really special way.
0: Well, that's my world. I'm in the training business. So my whole thing is an exceptional experience. And I love going into a store when I went in to get X and I ended up getting Y, Z, and four other things. And I had a great time. And i uh, that's what makes life great. That's what I always try to do when I worked retail selling. I started off in shoes, put myself through college. And you suddenly realize, oh, it's about making somebody else's day first. And how fun is that? And if you get that and you hire people like that, magic happens. But I think, you know, coming out of COVID, um, all we're hearing is, oh, you know, there's no money. And so people have cut back. And I've been in some department stores where it's like, hello, hello, anyone here? And I think that that is a big miss. It's almost like, you know, Luke Skywalker is getting ready to hit Darth Vader. And now's his moment. And he's instead of getting the lightsaber, he's got fumbling for an app like, oh, well, this will be the answer. Wait, wait, we've got to. And that's kind of it, right? If you didn't get anything else out of the last twelve months, you've got to be bigger and better, and I mean invest in your people and find the right ones instead of who can work the shift, right because otherwise, in your case, that's five million square feet that are squandered because somebody didn't have a great experience and I think you would probably remember this a long time ago. They said the average person goes in i think three stores in a mall, like it's not a hundred they're gonna go into a few, and when they do, that's like huge when yeah. you think of what it took for them to come in their car and, and come to you. So what do you think makes a great retailer in, in your experience, Jill?
1: Well, I think the key, you talk about dwell time and we uniquely have the opportunity to have closer to a two and a half, three hour dwell time just because there's so many different things to do. When people come here, they have a lot of things that they can you know, use with their time. But I think what the key is, is about connecting with people and those relationships are so important. And there is a struggle right now with finding employees for these tenants and they're really struggling we're actually doing a mall-wide job fair here coming up in a couple weeks because they all need help to find the right people to showcase their brands but it's those relationships that we've always built our connections with and we start a lot of times on social media but we listen and we we engage we listen we really understand what those pain points are and find solutions as a brand to make the experience better i mean for example We've um, we've heard over the years, parking is a main pain point on the weekends of the mall. We love it because we're busy. Obviously, it means that people are here, they're shopping, they're having fun. But from a guest perspective, it's a huge pain point. They want to be able to find a parking space easily. So we heard that loud and clear. We worked with the city to be able to put in a park assist program. And a lot of people have experienced this before, whether they're at the airport or at hospitals, but we actually put in the park assist program where there are parking indicators, red and green lights. And so if it's green, it's open. If it's red, it's not. But you even have reader boards as you're going into the ramp so you can see where there's parking available. And just that system put in place has been a game changer. Even on Black Friday where we would have backups of cars, we now can let that flow of traffic, the ingress and the egress go so smoothly. And we have the same amount of people, but the traffic flows that much better. So those components that you can change as a property and as a brand make a huge difference in the guest experience.
0: And you're not selling, okay, you can come to our mall and we have red and green lights. It's like, (laughs) no, we can can remove that fear of, oh my God, what am I going to do? There's nowhere to park. And you can see right away, oh, it's on level four. Great. That just makes us to take a step back and like, oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this versus yeah. that, right? What if you could be fully prepared to lead your marketplace in the new retail surge for 2021? Restore your sales volume to pre-pandemic levels and start seeing double-digit sales increases every month. Well, it can happen, but only if you train your associates. That's why you should check out salesrx.com. We train every associate how to engage a stranger, discover the shopper, and yes, make more sales. Check out salesrx.com after this broadcast. What else have you been doing at the Mall of America? I mean, I'm sure that your big anniversary is coming up here in a couple months, right? 29 years. And that's a different mindset.
1: Yeah. We're actually starting to plan our 30th because we love to celebrate. People love to come and enjoy the events and the festivities. And that's, what's been really hard over this last year. I mean, we're all about activating and for surprising and delighting our guests. You never know who you're going to run into or what type of events are here. And we haven't been able to do that like we've done in the past and being able to you know, rebuild that because now we have restrictions that are now being pulled back. And so we're rebuilding that and being able to create even virtual components over this past year have have taught us that we can connect with more people from broader distance yet still having components on mall. So for instance, like the holiday season, we actually, we had plans for very COVID safe activations, um, but a lot of that got stripped away right before black Friday. And so we had to bring a lot of our things online and we actually created a virtual Santa experience. It was called the candy cane Institute where we had elves that were from the North pole and they were in the workshop And you could schedule a time that you could connect with the elves and then ultimately an interaction with Santa himself. It was a huge hit. People loved it. It was a free experience for people to enjoy. And what it taught us was the fact that we can still touch people in really unique and special ways and create those memories and traditions. But now we just have to look at things differently. So moving forward, we will have a balance of virtual components as well as in-person because it allows us to connect and build those relationships with people. You talk about other things that we've changed. We've accelerated a lot of our services and a lot of our convenience components, whether it's curbside, personal shopping, virtual shopping, um, and a lot of components that allow the guests to have the convenient elements on their mobile devices or at home before they get to the mall, but that they still have that time to really engage and have a great time when they're here with their family and friends.
0: Well, I think that's gonna be the key. You know, everybody's uh, looking forward to uh, restrictions. I'm in New York, and we open up May nineteenth full full, uh, which is great. and Broadway reopens, I think uh, September the fourteenth. It can't come quick enough. It's like we just have to get back to this life. And you know the the doomsayers uh, got their day last year. You know, the pendulum sw- swung for obvious reasons to it's all going to be digital. But now that we're going to physical, I don't know about you, but, my clients are telling me they are slammed that the premium merchandise is going flying off the, out the doors. They can't get enough people. They are actually haggard because they're so busy. And, uh, and I say it's, you know, the next six to 18 months is going to be uh, lights out. I think people are just going to go, it's going to be a, you know, with all this free money we're, we're sending around the world, you know, at some point we'll have to pay for this, but I don't have kids. So that's fine. But, um, I think we do have to look at, um that ROI people are going to look at and say why would i go into a mall and you're having to really rejustify it's almost like you're reopening you're you're doing a reopening in a lot of ways right is to rebuild that sense of come to the mall instead of yeah i know you could order it from somebody else on the app but That's your bread and butter, isn't it? That they do come to the mall.
1: Absolutely. And Minnesota, we just received notification yesterday that we're reopening on May 28th. So all restrictions will be um, loosened and then even the mask mandate by July 1st. And so we're super excited about those changes. There's a lot of pent up demand. We recognize we had a fantastic spring break and typically we are able to celebrate about six weeks of spring breaks because we get a lot of families that drive in from the regional markets we saw a lot of families that were ready to, to come and have fun, stay in the area of hotels and be able to shop and dine. So we're anticipating that the summer is going to be really strong as well. And even though we've had to limit our operating hours to really recognize the staffing challenges that everybody's having right now, we're trying to keep it to an eight hour day, Sunday through Thursday, and then extend it on the weekends. But we want to get back to normal. We want to be able to get those full hours back in place, but it is really a challenge for the retailers and their staffing. And so it's, really looking at just how can we work on offering the convenience to the customer, but yet recognizing what's needed for the tenants. And they are having fantastic sales. So even with those reduced operating hours, they are still exceeding their sales quotas that they have in place. And so it's been great to see really strong categories with shoes and jewelry, home, electronics um, have been really, really strong. I mean, they're outpacing their 2019 numbers at this point. And so, really happy with the performance that we're seeing. And I, I agree with you. I think the next you know, year is going to be really interesting to see how this shifts. But I'm a huge believer in brick and mortar. We're human. Everybody wants to be around people right now. It's not even just your friends and family. Like You just want to be surrounded in social environments and feel the energy that everybody has. And that's why I love working at the mall. We get to step out in the mall every single day and be able to see those smiles. Even though they're behind masks, you can see them sparkle in their eyes just excited just to be out and be able to be around people and have fun.
0: Yeah. And I think people are more courteous. I was in a Lowe's the other day and uh, this guy, so I've got a bunch of planting mix and all this stuff. And there's a woman, she's got a bunch of stuff. And there's a guy who is behind me and he's only got one little plant. And I go, dude, why don't you go ahead of me? He's like, really? I go, yeah. And so then this woman in front goes, well, why don't you go in front of me? And he goes, well, I was just at the bank and I heard it was this woman, this teller's birthday. So I just thought I'd bring her something. I go, see, no. all that good stuff just went around and it's 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 circulating for, for all of us. And I yeah. think ultimately that's really what it's going to be. I think we're going to have a great um, 2021. I think that the idea of reinventing, I think getting your smaller retailers to come in and to meet with success in this different environment is wonderful. So uh, I appreciate you spending some time with me here today, Jill. Tell me something good about retail. That's the name of the podcast. What, what's one thing you could tell me about great about retail, whether it's your intern days, whether your first job at retail, or what you're able to do as executive VP at the Mall of America?
1: Our mission is about making love moments every day for every guest. And not every company can do that. And we're able to put those smiles on people's faces and create those memories that truly last a lifetime. And to be able to be in a role that allows our team to be able to create those moments is really special.
0: Excellent. Well, I appreciate that. And thanks for joining us from the Mall of America. And are you going to have Santa this year? Is he going to physically be there this year?
1: Absolutely. We're actually planning for Christmas in July. We're doing a little reboot this summer since we kind of missed out on the full-fledged holiday from 2020. We're um, going to celebrate twice this year.
0: Well, I love it. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Jill. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Bob. It's been great to be here.
0: Thanks again to my guest, Jill Renslow. You know, I love that idea of having virtual elves and also the innovations they did in something as mundane as the parking lots. Adding wonder to the shopping experience and removing friction, well, those are some of the big elements of creating an exceptional experience. This ends the season of the podcast and I hope you've enjoyed my guest, ranging from Martin Lindstrom and the death of empathy, James Ree on building culture on a shoestring, Patricia Fripp on presentation tips and many others. And remember, you can listen to all previous seasons of the podcast on your favorite podcast network. We can change the world through the people shopping and working in retail. I'm Bob Fibs, The Retail Doctor. Thanks again for listening. Tell me something good about retail is the podcast of The Retail Doctor. Visit retaildoc.com to learn what makes Bob Fibbs the authority on brick-and-mortar retail across the world, who works with some of the biggest brands all the way down to the smallest mom and pops. As a listener of the Tell Me Something Good About Retail podcast, you can receive free information and guides when you visit retaildoc.com and sign up for our exclusive weekly newsletter. For more information to access the complete archives of past retail goodness and to see about Bob speaking to your audience, please visit retaildoc.com.